the title of this message is going to be um, not the indwelling Christ, but the indwelling servant. Um, now, the, this message for me started back when I got back from Guatemala about two months ago. And I was dealing with uh, several, several hard trials at the same time. And, and I was at the point that I was, I was ready to hear from the Lord whatever he had to say. I was really crying out. I really wanted to hear what he had to say. I was seeking for answers. And when you're in that state of mind, uh, I think it's easy for the Lord to talk to you. And it was for me. I was all ears. Um, and he began to deal with me about my relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, across the board, everything. Uh, what's my motivation? What is my, my motivation to glorify Jesus Christ in everything I do? Uh, am, I, am I making him truly Lord of my life? Is he Lord of my life? Uh, and God was asking me these questions, and I was... I was at the point where I was ready to be totally honest, and uh, I wasn't looking so good <laughs> in some of these questions. Um, but then, as I was, as he was dealing with me on these on these things, um, we had some really good messages. And uh, I know Jake's message, the uh, not soon after I got back, not too very long after I got back, uh, really dealt with Jesus Christ, and uh, it really fed me. And uh, some of the other messages we've had either dealt with or touched on. <clears throat> this, this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. This subject of Jesus Christ, and uh, you know, I, I was out there and I, I was thinking about the thought crossed my mind about uh, preaching. I thought, well, you won't have to worry about that. They're not going to call on you. And uh, but then I got a call, and uh, I thought that's not a good idea. So I prayed about it, and this thing that God's been dealing with me on uh, just kept flooding my mind. and I, So I, I called back and said I would do it. So what I'm going to preach on tonight is what God has been dealing with me on. Um, for some of you, it'll be elemental and uh, just a rehearsal of what you already know. But I'm believing that through it, God will feed all of you if you came here hungry. Um, so... So as I said, I, I've been uh, trying to hear from the Lord about um, where I stand in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I can remember early on when uh, John Salinger first got me going into prison, um, things seemed so, so easy and straightforward. Uh, my relationship with Jesus Christ was uh, uh, untainted by my own aspirations. Um, when I went... If you, most of you have never been to that prison, but when you walk up, it's, there's this huge tower, and it's kind of daunting. And um, I know I was full of uh, uncertainty, and it was easy for me to pray a fervent prayer to God, Lord, I can't do anything. If anything gets done here today, you're going to have to do it. And, and I just rely on you, and I pray for your anointing and, and all that. And, and I remember my motives were, were nothing but to glorify Jesus Christ. And... Uh, and God met me there, and he taught me things. And uh, as, I, as I went on into different ministries that God led me into, uh, unfortunately, confidence builds up as you, you get experience, and the, the fervent prayer isn't so fervent anymore. <laughs> At least it wasn't for me. Um, and it's not, like, it's not like God has been showing me that everything I've been doing is wrong. It's just that he's a holy God, and when... There's a little bit of something wrong. If I have a gallon of milk and I put a, a little bit of, of castor oil in it and it doesn't taste very good, 
it's, uh, it's still not very good, is it? Uh, there's still a gallon of milk, but it's, something's wrong with it. And um, Although my motives weren't horrendous, uh, God was really dealing with me about uh, being precise, being who is exactly getting the glory here, who, and who, what is my attitude, what is my motivation. Um, he dealt with me even on areas I wasn't even prepared for, like, uh, you know, when you, when you work with people closely, the idea is that when they get saved and you're discipling them, that they, their love is for Jesus Christ. Uh, but when you work with people closely, sometimes uh, they tend to want to love you. And, and God was dealing with me on my, my motivation for that too. Are you, are, are you doing what you're doing so that they'll love you? Or are you doing what you're doing for they'll, so that they'll love me with all their heart? And I had to, I had to deal with that too. And, and God dealt with me on a lot of areas about this relationship with Jesus Christ. This relationship with Jesus Christ goes so much deeper, I think, than, than we know uh, or we've gone to at this point. Um, it, it's, uh, what he is showing me it's, it's encompasses our whole life. And what he was calling me back to was Revelations 2.1, and that's the, the passage where he's dealing with the church of, the, church of Ephesus. He said, you've left your first love and returned back to the first works you've done. And so that's what I've been dealing with for the last two months is uh, going back and, and looking at my relationship with Jesus Christ uh, and, and who am I uh, compared to him. You know, it's easy to, as Christians, to compare ourselves with each other, and that's always wrong because that's not the, the biblical answer. The, the comparison is with God's word, and when I compare myself with God's word, I find that I'm woefully in need of Jesus Christ, more of Jesus Christ at this point. Um, so I'm convinced at this point that we, we definitely uh, are in need of a, a greater, I am, a greater degree of personal relationship with Jesus Christ and him as Lord of our lives. And, and I'll deal with the, that part again later on in the message. But um, I want us to turn to John 15, familiar verses. Some we've already gone over since I've been back. John 15, I'm just going to read um, some verses here, 1 through 5 and 7 and 8. Again, that's John 15. And Jesus says, I am the vine, I'm the true vine, my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. But more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bear forth, bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. In verse 7 he says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, and so shall ye be my disciples. I, I've come to believe that we, and, and some of you, this is probably, well, of course that's true, but uh, God has really been, been opening my eyes. John uh, talked about his message about uh, Jesus appearing and, and God opening our eyes to see him. And, and I think that's what the Lord has, has been doing with me the last two months. And, and we, I, I believe we receive from the Father. This, 
This is my crude uh, uh, copy of, of what uh, Pastor Tom used to put on the board with the vine and the branches. But um, Jesus, of course, is the vine. We're the branches. And I believe we receive from the Father. He's, he's outside of us. He, every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. We receive from him. But we, we receive in Jesus Christ. Jesus is who we are attached to. He's our focal point. And we receive through the Holy Spirit, but we receive through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ. Uh, everything, we, everything we receive, I think, flows in that direction. We receive from the Father in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Um, but our contact point is Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. And I want, I want to operate in the Spirit. We're called to walk in the Spirit. We're, we want the Holy Spirit's power. But the Holy Spirit glorifies the Son. And if my motivation is not to glorify the Son, I don't think I can expect to walk in the Spirit. If my motivation is tainted to glorify the Son, I believe I'm, having a, I'm going to have a hard time uh, with the whole concept of the Holy Spirit working in my life. I'm not downplaying, again, I'm not downplaying the role of the Holy Spirit. God, God is so gracious to us to have given us the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What I am doing is zeroing in on, or focusing in on Jesus Christ as part of the Trinity. Our relationship with Him, I believe, is pivotal to us seeing the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate in our lives. Um, again, uh, I'll probably say this several more times, but... Uh, the Father is glorified when we glorify the Son. And the Holy Spirit came to empower us to glorify Jesus Christ. Let's look at John 16, uh, 13 through 15. John sixteen thirteen through 15, it says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, this is Jesus speaking, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and, what, and he will shew you things to come. He will glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall shew it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I, he shall take of mine, and shew it unto you. Again, I, I believe the, the, my relationship with Jesus Christ is pivotal to me receiving from God everything that God wants me to, to have. He said that he wants us to be filled with the fullness of God. And I believe if my relationship with Jesus Christ is tainted, tainted in that I'm trying to receive some of the glory or tainted in I'm trying to receive anything that belongs to Jesus Christ, then I'm going to have a hard time receiving from the Father through the Spirit. Um, because I believe that whole relationship, uh, again, Jesus glorifies the Father, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to glorify Jesus. I, I want to tell a story, an example. Um, there is a, a man, uh, and if I told his name, you would know it, but it's probably not important. Uh, him and his wife uh, felt they were called to be missionaries to India. So they left and, and sold everything they had. They went to India, um, and they began to preach the gospel. Um, and he, he became very discouraged, and he said, 
you know, it came down to how, how is your religion better than our religion? You know, the, the Muslims were there and the, the religions that the Indian people have there. And, and he said it came down to how come your religion's better than ours? And he said he got very discouraged. He said even though a few people got saved, he got discouraged enough that he, him and his wife went back to the U.S. And uh, they went back and he, he began to be a pastor again at church. And he decided perhaps he had never been called to, to be a missionary. But then he, while he was pondering this, he said the Lord gave him a revelation, like John said, a revelation of who he was, and opened his eyes. He said he saw Jesus four times. The first time he saw Jesus, he said, and, and this man was saved, he was spirit-filled, um, but he was about to get a revelation of Jesus Christ that would change his life. God was dealing with him. <clears throat> he said he was laying in, in his bed asleep. He woke up, and Jesus had walked in the room. And he said the his glory was so spectacular, he said, I, I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I just saw him. And uh, when Jesus left the room, he said he got up and he went to his study. And he fell on his face and he prayed for, for hours. He said when he got up, he was a changed man. He said the second time he saw Jesus, he went to a, a uh, service and there was a man healing there. And, and he was legitimately healing people through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said... I watched him, and he said, I saw Jesus in that man when he was healing those people. And the third time he saw Jesus, he said he, he got out his Bible, and he, he looked up the scriptures. He, he looked up the scriptures for healing and for authority and, and all the, the things he had seen in this man. And he said, I saw Jesus in the Word. He said, that's why we can do those things. That's our authority. And lastly, he said, he saw Jesus in himself. He said, now I know I can do those things through Jesus. My relationship with Jesus has to be right. And now I know it is. And I, I know I can do these things now. And him and his wife went back to India. And with his relationship right with Jesus in that Jesus was going to get all the glory. And, and he was his, just his servant. He said that thousands of people got healed and saved through his ministry. And uh, let's say for me... Again, it might be elemental for some of you, but for me, it's striking that his relationship had to be right with Jesus Christ first before the Holy Spirit would honor that relationship by empowering him to do the, the gifts the Holy Spirit would operate in his life because those gifts are to glorify Jesus, which in turn glorifies the Father. Um, and I have to ask the question then, if, if I refuse to for whatever reason, to make my relationship with Jesus Christ totally what it should be, can I expect the Holy Spirit to bless me by empowering me in his gifts and his power? Um, and, and I have to ask the question, can we as a church, if our relationship is not right, expect that? And I can't speak for the church, but I can speak for myself. I am convinced that, no, I will not see in my ministry the outpouring of the Holy Spirit if my motivations are tainted if my um, if Jesus is not truly Lord of my life um, it's easy to say he's Lord of your life but it, it's when he calls you to the mat and asks you to examine it uh, you, you, you sometimes have to think it over again if, if he's not truly Lord of my life and, and God cannot trust me that he's going to get the glory I'm not believing I'm going to see the manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my, my ministry um, so tonight, 
I want to take a look at that relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, the, the Bible gives us a lot, to, has a lot to say about Jesus Christ and our relationship with him. Um, but Jesus is our focal point. He is our part of contact because we can relate to Jesus Christ. In Hebrews uh, 41, 15, and 16, Hebrews 41, or Hebrews 4, sorry. <laughs> Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. <clears throat> the Bible says, For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. We may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And Hebrews has a lot to say about the humanity of Jesus Christ, how that um, we can identify with Jesus Christ. As, as Pastor Tom used to say, I, I have a hard time identifying with the, the Holy Spirit or with the Father, uh, but I can identify with Jesus Christ, and I'm supposed to identify with Jesus Christ. God set it up that way. Uh, he is my, my contact point with God, and I can, I can examine his life in Scripture, I can study his life, and through the mirror of the Word, I can become like him. Uh, I, can't, I can't truly say I can become like the Father, and I can't truly say I can become like the Holy Spirit, but I can become like Jesus Christ. And if my life, if that is my goal, and that is I submit to whatever it takes for God to make, do that in my life, then I believe the Holy Spirit will enable me or empower me to glorify Jesus Christ in my life. Um, and what I think, when I think about the, the relationship with Jesus Christ and, and what it looks like, um, I'm kind of reminded of, of uh, let's say you're going on a journey. Uh, say you're going from here to the Florida Keys and someplace you really want to be and you're with one other person and, and you really love that person say maybe a spouse or a really good friend, and, and you love that person, they loved you, and you were, you were traveling in the car together, you are constantly aware of their presence. Even if you're looking out the window or, or doing something else, you're reading, you're constantly aware of their presence. Um, and if you're constantly aware of their likes and dislikes, and you pattern your behavior accordingly, if you want to turn on the radio, you know, well, that person doesn't like this particular type of music, so I'll listen to this type. You're constantly changing your behavior to accommodate the love you have for your friend. Um, and in a real sense, that's how, that's how it is with Jesus Christ. When our relationship is right, we, I, should, I should and do uh, know his presence is there all the time. When I don't know his presence is there, it's because of sin in my life. But... On a regular basis, I should be aware that he's there all the time. And I should, I should pattern my life um, or arrange my, my, the way I live my life to accommodate that relationship I have with Jesus Christ. Um, if no relationship is right. Um, and many times, um, many times I, I don't uh, do that. I'm not perfect, but I, I know that God is going to make me perfect. And, and what he is dealing with me here the last few months is, is a stepping stone to that. And I'm grateful that he continues to deal with me. 
But a lot of this takes, our relationship takes faith. Um, and going back to the theme about who's getting the glory, I want us to look at uh, faith in a different light in John 5, 44. John 5, 44. Again, this is Jesus talking. He says, How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor to come from God only? And I ran across this verse. Uh, of course, I'd read it, but it stuck out to me uh, several years ago and, uh, as I was going about uh, doing different things. And, and I realized that if I was going, my faith was going to be strong, I, I could not continue to seek the glory of other people because it would be a faith killer for me. And even though um, I know that, God is, is still dealing with me on this issue. And, and this verse is, has really been a help to me. It's interesting that when the disciples asked Jesus to increase our faith, he said, if you have a little bit, you could do so much with it. But right at the very end of that, he, he tells a story. And you remember the story. He said, if you have a servant that's coming in from the fields... You don't say to that servant, sit down, I'll feed you. No, you, he said, you, you say to that servant, fix me supper. And when after I've eaten, then you can eat. Interesting that the disciple said to uh, increase our faith, yet he tells a story of honor and glory given to somebody. It's given to the master, not the servant. The servant is only doing what he is supposed to do. And I think it ties in with this verse. If, if I am seeking that which belongs to Jesus Christ, in my ministry, in my family, in what I do in any area, then I am perhaps hindering myself from growing in faith. Um, so I, I take these things very seriously when I, I'm thinking now in the last few months about my relationship with Jesus Christ and who's getting the glory of my life. Um, I need faith, and, and we all do, and I don't want to shortchange myself by stealing from Jesus Christ what belongs to him. Um, my relationship with Jesus Christ, the, whether it is, it is uh, very, very healthy or not, affects um, how I deal with sin. Also, um, I've come to, I've come as I've, I've examined my own motives, examined my own life, examined whether Jesus is truly Lord of my life. I've come to see a, um, a um, example of why I sin and why I do not sin. If you'll, uh, if you'll turn to me to 1 John 3.9. 1 John 3.9. First John 3, 9 used to, I'll be honest, used to scare me a little because it talks about uh, not being able to commit sin. And yet I see in my own life uh, that I'm not perfect and I've, at times I fall. And let's read the verse. It says, Whoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, 
And he cannot sin because he is born of God. And as I said, I, I used to not understand that verse very well, but I'm beginning, to, I'm beginning to, as I examine my relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm beginning to see it a little bit better. Um, for example, I, I drew these, these figures on the board. Um, this one represents the, the unsaved person. He's without Jesus Christ. And this one represents a person whose relationship with Jesus Christ is, is, is right. Uh, their motivation for their life is to glorify Jesus in everything they, they do. Their motivation is to um, that Jesus be Lord of their life. The Bible says to do all in the name of Jesus Christ. And this person is in that place. Um, <laughs> now, there are times when I'm here too. Um, but I find more often... I'm like this guy. Um, when I'm like this, I look over my, I've examined my life and looked over the last couple of months and thought about times when I've sinned and what the motivation was and, and how I came to that place of defeat. I found that when I'm like this, that scripture is true, I cannot sin. When I am focused on Jesus Christ, he is the, my focal point. He is the Lord of my life. He is the, the one that, I am aiming to please. I can't sin. The, the devil could tempt me with a million things and it would be like water off a duck's back. I cannot. That scripture is true. In order for me to sin, I found, as I look back over my life, I had to scrunch Jesus up into this little box so the rest of me could engage in sin. I had to put him in a place where I could turn my back on him. I cannot see, I cannot focus on Jesus Christ as the man and the third man in sin. This verse is absolutely true. So there I find a, a principle. If I want to overcome sin, Jesus is my answer, but it will cost me something. It will cost me my life. It will cost me, as he said, to take up my cross daily and make him Lord of my life. Um, I, <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit it, but I, I do this too much. I crunch him up in a box so that the rest of me can, can do what it needs to do or wants to do. But this is not the goal. This is the goal for every Christian, that, that Jesus Christ is so Lord of their life that they become perfected, they become uh, mature. Um, and I'm convinced that it's possible for everybody here to mature and to get to the place where the devil does not have a, a, a hold on their life, a stronghold. Um, that relationship with Jesus Christ has to be paramount, though. Um, I'm, uh, I'm also thinking of another scripture when I, when I talk about us, the, the example of us going on a journey where uh, you're aware of the person. And, and I, I believe that many times I'm, I'm like that. I'm on a journey and I, I feel Jesus' presence with me. And... During those times, if I, if I sin, that, that connection is broken. And I don't want that connection broken. So I, I repent immediately. You know, I don't wait till the next day or a day after or I get home from work. Or, you know, I want that relationship to be strong right then and there. And that, that relationship being strong and that knowing he's there and knowing his presence and that give and take, you know, he, he's telling you what to do and you're responding. That, to me, that is one way that we can accomplish the goal of praying without ceasing. Um, I, I uh, once tried to pray for somebody all day in, with my, 
understanding and in spirit, but it is really impossible to do that. <laughs> um, so this is one way I think that we can accomplish that verse, pray without ceasing, is that communication, that, that relationship is strong with, with our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I, I spoke before about God dealing with me about is Jesus Lord of your life truly, and um, as I as I examine myself, um, as I examine myself last couple of months, I have to say no, He's not, um, and I don't say that because again that my whole life is is terrible or down to twos, but. Um, God is holy and precise, as I said before. And if I examine myself truly, then I would have to say that if Jesus was truly Lord of my life in every area, I would look different today than I do. And, uh, and I'm glad that he's revealing that to me so I can make those steps to make him Lord of my life. Um, I, I want that. I want him to be Lord of my life is my, my goal. Um, Paul said uh, in Philippians, he said that forgetting what lies behind, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling. And when I, I look, at, look at his writings, and I look at what he said, and I look at the other disciples, Jesus was the theme of their life. It wasn't, um, wasn't anything else. Jesus was the theme of their life. Their goal in life was to glorify Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit saw that, or seen that, knowing that, empowered them to do just that, glorify Jesus Christ. When, when the, uh, John and, and Peter went to the temple and the man was lame, uh, the, the Bible says that they, they prayed that, or they uh, commanded him to rise up in the name of Jesus Christ. And when all the people ran to them, Peter said, why are you looking on us? It is by his name, by faith in his name, that this man is walking. Notice they didn't say, this man is walking because of the power of the Holy Spirit. No, they didn't glorify the Holy Spirit. It wasn't their job. Their job, our job as servants of Jesus Christ, is to glorify Jesus Christ. And I believe as we, we look in the New Testament at all the writers, uh, they don't stray very far from that that um, they don't stray very far from that idea that my, my being is to glorify Jesus Christ. They're not um, downplaying the Holy Spirit any, any at all. In fact, uh, many of them write beautifully about the, the Holy Spirit, his, his job, and what he does and what he came to do. But their goal was to glorify Jesus Christ. Their goal was to not take anything out of, not to rob him of anything. Not to have anything about their lives tainted when it came to Jesus Christ and Him receiving glory, Him receiving honor, Him receiving all the love that, that people should give Him when they, they get saved or when we're ministering to Him. And, and I believe that their, their motives were pure. And as pure, the Holy Spirit worked in their lives mightily to glorify Jesus Christ, which the Bible says that's what He came to do. Amen. So I'm, um, I'm not... 
apparently not speaking very loud, but it doesn't, <laughs> that's not my, my go anyway. My go here was to, was to feed. Um, but I, I'm hoping that we as a church can examine, examine ourselves. Uh, the Bible says examine yourselves to be in the faith and, and take a good hard look at our relationship with Jesus Christ and, and see if, if we, each of us, if everything we do, is it to glorify Jesus Christ? Is everything I do to, um, to put him up and myself down? Um, in order to do that, as Jesus said, I will have, it will cost me everything. I will have to take up my cross. I have to die in order for him to be exalted. Um, I have to, to um, give up all my aspirations because if I leave any of them alive, like the, the Israelites left the, the people alive in the promised land, they will come back to try to rob Jesus of what belongs to him. Uh, I have to die. I have to um, seek, the, seek them out, learn myself, see where the devil is, is getting my, my uh, where he is tempting me, and let that die. If I am to give Jesus all the glory of my life, if I am to make Jesus truly Lord of my life, then what Jesus says is true. I must lay down my life. And the, the payoff is he gives it back to us. <laughs> he gives it back to us way more than we, what we give up. Um, and I want to talk about that for just a minute. If, if, I am, if I am successful, if I am successful in giving Jesus all the glory, if I am successful in dying, because if I don't die, I'm going to, my flesh will somehow find a way to rob Jesus of what belongs to him. So if I'm successful in dying to myself, and Jesus gets the glory, and Jesus is Lord of my life, and, and those I minister to love Jesus and not me, um, what's the payoff? What, what happens to me? And I believe uh, with all my heart it's, it's a closeness with God. That is the payoff. The, the, the closeness with the, with the eternal God. To be filled with the fullness of God, the Bible says. And I'm not talking about, you know, an emotional experience. You know, we're, we're all a little gun-shy of that with uh, some of the things we've seen in other churches. But, but we're not devoid of emotion either. I, can't, I cannot get close to eternal God. I cannot get close to Jesus, who is the Alpha and Omega, without part of me feeling a little bit blown away, without part of me being awestruck, without part of me... Uh, just not, not knowing what to do. You know, it, the, the payoff of getting my life straight, my relationship straight, straight with Jesus Christ, is to be, get close to eternity. The Bible says this is eternal life, that they may know me. And I have been close enough too many times to know that that's where I want to be. I have been close enough enough times to know that it is far better to be close to, to God close to eternity than it is anything I find in this world. My, my, my uh, looking forward to, if you will, of heaven has changed. Um, I know it's a beautiful place. I'm looking forward to walking on transparent gold just like anybody else and, and all the beauty. But I know, I know now that beyond a shadow of doubt, the, the preciousness of heaven is to be in 
total contact with the eternal God. A God that created the universe with just his mouth, just his words. And we have just scratched the surface. All of us have just scratched the surface of that relationship, of how deep it goes, how deep we can go, how, how immense, how immense and how blown away we can be by being close to him. That is going to be eternal life. All the rest of it is icing on the cake, and I'll look forward to that too. But I'm not going to be bored in heaven. I'm going to be blown away. You know, it is, how can you get close to God? And, and not be changed? How can you get close to God and not, again, not be blown away by who He is? He's eternal. He is, he is everything to us. And it is worth everything to me. Now, now I see it is worth everything to me to do whatever it takes for my, my relationship with Jesus Christ not to be tainted in any way, not to be tainted by my aspirations in any way. I, I'm going to share a little story with you. This, this is what I'm talking about, this emptying of ourselves and this closeness with, with, with Jesus Christ draws people to God more than uh, empty words where we are seeking our own glory. And I can remember a time uh, going into prison, this was years ago, and my, when my motives seemed to, be, seemed to be pure as far as I knew. I remember going in, I was telling a guy about, um, about the, the spiritual world, how it was just on the other side of what you can see. And, and as I was speaking to him, it became so real. And I thought, at that moment, I thought I could just reach out and touch it. And, and the guy said, I can see it all over you. I want to get saved right now. You know, he was so drawn to that. I didn't pray with him. I was skeptical at the time. But I, uh, I did work with him through the... the uh, do the law and grace, and eventually I did, did pray with him. But uh, the point is, when your relationship is right with Jesus Christ, people will be drawn to Jesus Christ. They, you won't have to work so hard um, to convince them that they need to get saved. They will see Jesus in you. If your motives are right, if you're, if you're pure, if you're not tainted, uh, they will see Jesus in you. And that is the goal. Um, I'm not there yet. I'm a long ways. But I know that God is, is still working with me, and that gives me hope that he's going to finish the work he started in me. And I want him to finish the work he started in each of you, too. Um, God loves us very much. He hasn't left us orphaned. And he will finish the work he started in us. I have a, a few minutes, and I wanted to <clears throat> share something else with you that God has been dealing with me on. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of along these lines, but uh, it's a little bit different. I, I believe from Scripture that we are all called to do ministry work. It, it doesn't look like, I used to think it all had to look like the way I minister, and then I realized that was error, and uh, that God's not in a box, and, and we don't all minister the same way. Um, the Bible says we are all called, though. We are saved unto good works. Saved by grace, saved by faith, but saved unto good works. Um, Whatever those good works are, whatever Jesus leads you to be, if it's just to cross the street and help somebody cross the street, and that's what Jesus is calling you to do, then if you do it for his glory, then you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. 
And, uh, but the, the Bible says in John, John chapter 6, the, the people ask the question, what is the work of God? What do we do to do works of God? And Jesus answered this. He didn't say it's to go here or go there. He said, this is the work of God, that you believe on me. And our works start and finish with Jesus Christ as the head of our, our life, as he is the head of our focal point. Our work is that we believe on Jesus Christ, that, that our faith is such that, that we live our lives for Jesus Christ. That being said, um, God has dealt with me a little bit uh, the last, maybe the last couple of years, uh, especially on this last trip to Guatemala, that um, the words of, of God and Word of God in Galatians, that it's not about the law, it's about faith, that worketh by love, is very essential to ministry. Whatever your ministry is, uh, whether you're ministering a lot or a little, um, you have to have both of those, both of those elements. I've found faith and love. Um, we know that that faith without love uh, doesn't get a high mark with God in First Corinthians 13. And I have found that love, when faith is not uh, abundant, can be <coughs> can be a real uh, painful experience because love. You go out and you see the needs, and there's a lot of needs in Guatemala. There's a lot of pain, uh, and we used to go down there and just concentrate on getting people saved, and that was fun. There, you don't see any pain when you do that. It's, it's, you know, you feel the anointing, and uh, but God didn't have us dealing with uh, discipleship at that time. He was teaching us things, and as He taught us, then He had us dealing with discipleship. And as we got into that more and more. Um, we began to experience more and more pain. And the love's there. You know, I have a lot of love for these people. But I found that my faith has to increase. And, and I'm not saying we're devoid of faith. We've seen God move. We've seen uh, people healed. We've seen different things uh, where the Holy Spirit has moved. But if you're going to minister and you have love for people, you've got to have faith because love demands that something be done. Uh, love sacrifices itself. And if you... If you are a person that has a lot of love and you're ministering to people, but you don't have the faith to back it up, you're going to be very discouraged. Uh, it's going to be a very painful situation. But when you operate by faith and work it by love, then your situation is hopeful. Uh, when you run across pain, it's not a situation of hopelessness. It's a situation of hope because you know that God is going to do something about the situation you're looking at. Um, so you need... If you're going to minister, and I, I believe we all should, uh, you need both of those. You cannot operate, you cannot minister by faith alone, and you cannot operate by love alone. You have to operate by faith and love. And uh, that was free. I didn't, uh, I wasn't sure I was going to talk on that, but I, I gave it out for free. And one more thing I wanted to say. Um, there is, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, there's not one person here that has not been bathed in prayer by somebody in here for your salvation. And if you're waiting around thinking, I'm waiting on God, uh, I like the words that Brother Ashby used one day, God, God's not, you're not waiting on God, God's waiting on you. And if you, you seek him, you will find him. If you look for him, he will be found of you. If you know that hell is reality, and you know you don't want to go there, 
If you seek him, he will be found of you. There has been too much prayer go up for each person in here for God not to answer your prayer and for not, God not to reveal himself to you if you seek him. I just threw that out for free too. There's no reason for anybody here to go to hell. God is a loving God, and Jesus paid the price for you. And his, it will cost you everything. It will cost you everything. But the payoff is you will be close to an almighty God for eternity.